This morning we're going to uh, look at a familiar story, but I want us to look at it again very carefully in Luke chapter 10 as we think about sitting at Jesus' feet. We, we continue to uh, look at different people over the next uh, probably six or seven more weeks. We'll look at different people whose lives were changed at the feet of Jesus. And this morning we look at uh, two sisters who learned a great deal sitting at the feet of Jesus. Look with me at the story, if you will. We're in Luke chapter 10, and we'll begin at verse 38. I want us just to kind of walk through the story together, and uh, then we'll back up and look at some of the things that we can learn together from it. In verse 38, we read, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. It doesn't tell us in this uh, context, but we know the village to be Bethany, which was, uh, you might consider it a suburb of Jerusalem. It's just right outside Jerusalem. And uh, we know that he is familiar with Bethany because he spends a lot of time there, especially with this one particular family. Jesus was very good friends with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were siblings and apparently lived in the same house together. If they didn't live in the same house together, then they were at least in close proximity and they would all gather at this house whenever Jesus came to town. But Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, siblings who loved each other and loved the Lord, and so he stayed with them quite often. It says at the last part of verse 38 there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And you and I would say, well, that's the Texan thing to do. You welcome people when they show up. But in, even more importantly than that, it was the Middle Eastern thing to do, especially in that day and age. Hospitality was of utmost importance. And it was incredibly important that she welcomed him into her house. And notice that Martha is the one recognized as the one who welcomed him. So she starts off well as a hostess. She welcomes a guest into her home. In verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, one, there are a couple of reasons that that is incredibly significant. One is that she is sitting at his feet, which is the position of a disciple. We hear, uh, we hear that phrase used of disciples who sit and listen to their teacher or their master. It even became figurative language later where we would say that so-and-so learned at the feet of so-and-so. The place at the feet of the teacher was the place for the disciple. And the reason that is so significant in this case is because Mary, obviously, was a woman. Women had no opportunity to learn. Women were not considered disciples of rabbis. She was in a position that would most always be a position of a man. But you see, Jesus took that kind of thinking and he, he turned it all upside down. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus 
making room for women. We see Jesus speaking directly to women. We see that He changes that culture, that whole environment around to say all people are important in the kingdom of God. And here He allows a woman the position of disciple as she sits and listens at His feet. In verse 40 then, but Martha was distracted with much serving. She was distracted with much serving. One one who didn't understand the person of Jesus Christ, one who didn't understand the opportunity that Mary had that day, would look into this household and they would say, Martha has it right, because Martha is doing what the hostess should do. Martha is doing what the woman should do. The woman is preparing the meal. And here is Mary acting like, like she's somebody that she's not. Here she is sitting at the feet of the teacher like a disciple would. And it says, Martha was distracted with much serving. Her serving had become a distraction. Notice that. Serving is a good thing unless it distracts us from the best thing. And then there's a problem. I can picture Martha, can't you? I can picture her. She's in the kitchen. Mary is sitting down in the living room. Martha been sweating all afternoon getting ready. You remember the, the, the commercial, the, the, the lady's making Rice Krispie treats and it's real easy, but then she wants her family to think that it was tough, so she throws the, the flour on her face and she comes out all, you know. I can just see Mary in there, flour everywhere, sweating everywhere, and or Martha, Martha's in there. I'm going to do that the whole sermon, by the way. Martha, Martha's in there and she's sweating and she's, she's just worn out and Mary is sitting in there at the TV, listening to Jesus, and so Martha starts slamming the drawers, and she starts slamming the cabinets. She wants everybody in that household, and I don't care everybody in the neighborhood to know that she is ticked. Y'all don't ever do that, huh? You want to send a message to the people in the household that you're angry so that door gets slammed just a little bit louder than it really had to. I can see her banging those pots and pans. And she's letting it be known. I'm doing what we're supposed to do. And Mary is hanging out. And so in the last part of verse 40, she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Have you ever noticed that when we're stressed and distracted, overworked and overwhelmed, that we take it out on the wrong people? I do, don't you? Martha's going to Jesus. Don't you care? How do you say that to Jesus? Don't you care that Mary's not helping me? And then she even goes a little bit further. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Let me tell you a secret. 
If you ever reach the point where you're telling Jesus what to do, something's wrong. Tell her to get in the kitchen where she belongs and help me. You see, when we're overwhelmed and overworked and stressed and distracted, we start taking things out on the wrong people. And it's clear that she's off track because she says, you don't even care the one who came to die for her, to provide eternal life for her. And Martha says, do you don't care? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus says, Martha, you're worried about a lot, but Mary has found the one thing that's most important, and I am not going to tell her to get up. I'm not going to tell her to go to the kitchen. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. And Jesus teaches them both that sitting at his feet is so much more important than most of the other things we find to do in life. As I was thinking about Martha and thinking about John and thinking about so many of us, I thought how busy our lives get, how distracted we are. We too get overwhelmed. We too get overworked. And when that happens, I, I, I think we must feel like Lucy. Do you remember I Love Lucy? Do you remember the scene where she's working in the chocolate factory? <laughs> Don't you ever feel like that? There's just, there's just so much coming and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. And because we are because we're so driven by the way we look to others, instead of saying, I need help, or instead of saying, no, or instead of saying, stop, we just tuck down that anxiety and we hide the worries and we take on the stress and we tuck it away in our hair. Oh, stop. And it just, it just gets overwhelming. And it, 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 as soon as we feel like we've got a handle on it, somebody yells, speed it up. And it can be so crazy. It can be so distracting. I want us to think about Martha very carefully this morning as we learn, first of all, that distraction keeps us away from Jesus' feet. Distraction keeps us away from his feet. I don't know if you noticed when we read through the story, I thought it was interesting in verse 40 that it said Martha was distracted with much serving. We put so much emphasis on serving that it seems strange that it would be called a distraction. 
Serving's a good thing, by the way. Jesus taught us how to do it. He showed us how to do it, and then he told us to do it. Serving is a good thing. But isn't it interesting that in this case, she was distracted with much serving. Her preoccupation with serving distracted her from what was most important. On the slope of Long's Peak in Colorado lie the ruins of a huge tree. Naturalists say that this tree stood for over 400 years. It had weathered thousands of storms and had been hit with lightning at least 14 times. At the end, some beetles attacked the tree and leveled it to the ground. This tremendous giant that age had not withered, that lightning had not blasted, the storms had not subdued, fell at last because of some beetles so small that a man could crush them between his forefinger and thumb. What a picture of so many of us. So, so many people survive rare storms and lightning blasts somehow, but allow the beetles of worry and fear and stress and tension to destroy their happiness and to eat them up from the inside out. Friends, we live in a Martha world full of distractions. Don't let those worldly distractions drag you into the kitchen when you need to be sitting at his feet. The Greek word there for distraction is a word that when it's used in its literal form, it means to drag about. Distractions drag us about and away from his feet. We don't sing it a whole lot anymore, but you remember when we used to remind ourselves of this important truth. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Friends, it's time that many of us make time again to sit at His feet, to set the distractions aside, and you'll be surprised how those distractions just fade. Distraction keeps us away from Jesus' feet, and then we learn that busyness keeps us away from Jesus' feet. In, in, in that same verse, verse 40, Martha was distracted with much Service. She was distracted, but she was serving. She was busy. She was doing good things. Serving is important and it's necessary with that one exception. If your serving interferes with sitting at his feet, then what you intend for good has become bad. Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her apart. The ultimate tragedy of the busy life is the same tragedy that Martha faced. When we're offered the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet, we can't spare Jesus any time. We need to remind ourselves the truths that we find in the Psalms. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Just be still. When's the last time you did that? Just Stop. Be still. 
sit at his feet. Again, from the Psalms, be still and know that I'm God. I think those two go together. I don't think we fully know him as God until we are first still enough to experience it. Distraction keeps us away from Jesus' feet. Busyness keeps us away from his feet. And worry keeps us away from Jesus' feet. He said to Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Worry keeps us from the feet of Jesus. I thought these statistics were interesting when I read this not too long ago. An average person's anxiety is focused on 40% on things that will never happen. 40% of the average person's anxiety is focused on stuff that's not ever going to happen anyway. 30% focused on things about the past that you can't change. 12% of our anxiety focuses on things about uh, criticism by others, which are mostly untrue. And 10% of our anxiety focuses on health, which gets worse with our stress. 8% of our anxiety is about real problems that we're actually going to face. 8%. J. Arthur Rank, an English executive, decided to do all his worrying on one day each week. He chose Wednesday, Wednesday worry day. When anything happened that gave him anxiety or annoyed his, his ulcer, he wrote it down. And he put it in his worry box. And then he'd forget about it until the next Wednesday. On that Wednesday, he would open his box and he would give himself permission to worry about all the stuff that was in there. The interesting thing was that on that following Wednesday, when he opened his worry box, he found that most of the things that had disturbed him the past six days were already settled. It would have been useless to worry about them in the first place. And so in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus calls to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You're just like Lucy, and you're pushing down that worry, and you're grabbing on to that concern and that distraction, and you're just hiding all this stuff and all all the anxiety, and you're carrying it with you. And Jesus says, Hey, you're, you're heavy laden. You're burdened with all that. Just come see me, and I'll give you rest. We sit at his feet, and we find peace. The fourth thing that we learn from this story of these two great ladies is that disciples belong at Jesus' feet. Disciples belong at Jesus' feet. I preached on this story one time many years ago, and on that day my uncle was here. My uncle was a brilliant engineer. He was very logical and um, very intelligent. After worship, he pointed out that we need Mary's and Martha's, that the different personality types play important roles in our church and in our families. And he's right, I get it. We need people who can be Martha in the kitchen. I know. We need people who can be Mary to have a heart and compassion. Yeah, 
And I've heard so many other people make similar observations, but make no mistake, this text, this story, Jesus makes it clear this is not about differing personalities. In this text, he says quite clearly, Mary has chosen the good portion. In other words, don't make the mistake of letting yourself off the hook too easy and say, I'm just born a Martha. Jesus says the better way to go is to spend time at his feet. You can still be a Martha, by the way. What happens is when you learn to sit at his feet, you become a better Martha in the kitchen. Disciples belong at his feet. Charles Spurgeon said, I may sometimes run with Martha to do what Christ needs of me, but I think I should more frequently sit with Mary to receive from Christ what I need from him. You see, Jesus does not care about your religion nearly as much as he cares about your relationship with him. Don't make the mistake of thinking if you're busy enough doing for Jesus, then everything's cool. Because what he wants you to do is be with him. And then there will be time, energy, and calling to go and do based on what he wants. Disciples belong at Jesus' feet. And then I'll not take time to fully cover this, but lastly, disciples learn to serve at Jesus' feet. The ironic thing is that when we spend time at his feet, we wind up learning that which we need to be able to serve even better. So when we start where Mary was, we're more effective where Martha was when it's time for us to be there. There is a time for us to serve him and one another. That time comes after We've learned to sit at his feet, to learn, to love, to be. Some of us are too worried about doing and not enough worried about being. And so this morning I call you, I encourage you, implore you, find time, make time to sit at his feet. Remember our theme verse for the church I am the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Notice that abiding, that's the key. It's not the working, it's the abiding, sitting at his feet. He who abides in me bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing us the opportunity, the privilege of sitting at your feet.